0: the Recovery from Politics podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Frame. Today is Tuesday, December 15th, 2020. I have two topics I wanted to cover today. Uh, One of them is just a quick blurb about the Supreme Court decision or lack thereof. I see a lot of people on the left proclaiming victory because the Supreme Court uh, decided not to pursue or hear the case. Uh, Texas Versus Pennsylvania, Michigan, and like several other states. Their attorney general basically suing uh, those states uh, to throw out millions of ballots and elect Donald Trump to a second term. And they're claiming this is a victory because that effectively ends that particular lawsuit. It means the election is more or less over. In fact, yesterday the uh, Electoral College certified the election. So. That's done. Um, But the problem is, is I don't see this as a victory. Okay. We needed a real victory here. A real one. What we needed was a smackdown. Okay. I wanted the Supreme Court to go ahead, hear this case, and then immediately go 9 nothing and destroy the Texas Attorney General and all the attorneys general who signed on to this damn thing. I wanted them to completely wreck their careers. Uh, I wanted them to dismiss it with prejudice and just be like, how dare you bring this to us? You want to overturn an election? You want to tell somebody that their vote that they cast within the rules that they were told doesn't count? Because reasons? And also, you dare... Bring before the Supreme Court a case where one state is trying to tell several other states how the hell to do their elections, something that is in plain black and white text in the Constitution. Okay, but by dismissing it by saying we're not going to hear it, it provides cover to everyone. Okay, uh, you you heard it over the weekend if you were paying attention uh, on the right wing news channels. The lawyers who saw this coming and heard it said oh well you know it's no big deal it's a win for us really you know we we get something to appeal later we did the best we could it's no big deal um and that's that's just no in a functioning democracy this case wouldn't have just been dismissed in very boring uh, single paragraph oh you just don't have standing no all nine justices would have lined up and written their own opinions with extremely strong language like, you should be disbarred for bringing this up. This is a frivolous lawsuit. How dare you bring it to the Supreme Court? How dare you presume that one state can tell another how to conduct their elections? I mean, seriously, this should have been a complete refudiation of everything that's been going on for the last month. But instead, yeah, they just didn't hear it. What's that mean? Well, that means all the lawyers and all the 106 congressmen who signed on to this thing get to turn to their constituents and also to the party of one, Trump, and say, hey, look, we did the best we could. It wasn't our fault. We, we did everything we could. You know, it was the Supreme Court. They just decided not to hear it. But even worse, and what I think is, is most striking, is this provides cover to the Supreme Court currently there are six conservative justices on there three of them appointed by Donald Trump himself and regardless of you know everyone's opinion almost everyone thinks the justices are biased one way or the other okay uh, you see uh, Elena Kagan and uh Sotomayor as completely liberal in the tank you know they're going to go left at all times, and you see Robert Scalia, and the rest of them uh, all completely on the right, and then you have Gorsuch, uh, Kavanaugh, and uh, Barrett. You're sitting here going, they're Trump toadies, right? So they're going to they're going to vote for Trump. This was an opportunity for the court to say in an unbiased way, no, the law is the law, and you can take this lawsuit and shove it. That's where it belongs. It belongs in a complete dumpster fire. It never should have been written. It never should have been brought up. This is an embarrassment to the legal profession. Instead, none of them have to go on the record. So we don't know how they would have voted. We now have three people elected by Trump. The correct thing, I mean, the, at a minimum, what you were hoping is those three would have immediately recused themselves from the case. Been like, hey, this guy appointed me. I don't feel i can be an impartial juror and they would have removed themselves from the case and that it would have been a cop out but it wouldn't have been as bad as just not hearing it it would have it would have and also there are plenty of legal experts who would have said hey yeah sure they didn't put their name on the dotted line but they are at least saying you know this is a a delicate situation and maybe justices shouldn't rule all the time uh for presidents or ruling cases for presidents uh that that appointed them you know just just remove them from the equation i could get that but no uh now you know what you were hoping is that those three and the other three conservative justices would have joined with the the left or at least the democratic democrat appointed justices and unified and told the president no stop this this is this is dumb this is ridiculous the the election is over it was fair there's been zero proven cases of corruption or fraud you can't just sue for the sake of suing i mean this should have ended careers Uh, completely I mean the supreme court i i I mean literally all the judges involved should have been like uh or should have put in recommendations for everyone who put their name on the dotted line who has a law a law degree and just been like yeah you should all be disbarred this is this is ridiculous it's patently absurd but we didn't get that we don't get that and i'm reminded of uh nixon versus the united or the united states versus nixon and this was the case that basically said the White House had tapes of the Oval, of Oval Office things, and Congress wanted them. And the White House just basically said, no, you can't have them. And they took it to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court, even though there was a justice on there who was appointed by Nixon, and even though, you know, of course, the court was uh, seated with, you know, justices appointed by Democrats and Republicans, even though it was a more bipartisan era when it came to judicial appointments. Nobody really knew how that was going to go. But the country was reaffirmed that, no, the president's not above the law. They went nine zero against Nixon, against the president to say, no, you are not above the law. You have to put this out. And you know what? That reaffirmed democracy. That let everyone know, hey, yeah, democracy is still on track. It still works. No one was hiding. Everyone put their name on the dotted line. Everyone was out in the open. No, you can't do this. We have ruled. 9-0. No one was hiding. This is wrong. You need to pony up. We didn't get that this time. And I think that speaks a lot to the current problem we have in this country right now they were talking before the election about the uh the hidden trump voter uh this is somebody who in phone calls you know the pollster will call your house and be like oh who do you plan to vote for they'll say oh uh biden or uh, uh independent or you know i'm gonna write somebody else's name in but in reality they're going to go ahead and, and vote for trump and it's just that they were they were scared to be on the record to put it out to let anyone know you know, that's your coworker who's like, oh, no, I'm a conservative, but no, no, I'm never going to vote Trump. But then he does. You know, they don't have conviction. They don't have integrity. And right now, you can say that about the Supreme Court. You guys don't have conviction. You don't have integrity. You should have taken this case and dismantled it piece by piece, just completely de- destroyed it, eviscerated the lawyers involved with it, ended it. They had the power to end it. Completely and totally. Instead, they didn't. They just passed. Eh, you don't have standing. Don't have standing. It's a complete and total cop-out. We, as the American people, needed to know where these justices stood on this. Especially the three who we know instinctively Trump never would have appointed unless they proclaimed loyalty to him. There's just no way. That's not who the man is. So, yeah, I don't see it as a win. Complete loss. Onto to the second story for today. Uh, this actually happened on the 10th of December, and it's a little close to home for me. It's up here in Spokane in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, basically, uh, we had an act of terrorism. But for some reason, it's not getting talked about. It's not a national story at all. Uh, it's buried in the local news uh, up here. Uh, but basically, you had this uh, gentleman, uh, 45-year-old Peter Yeager, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Y-E-A-G-E-R. I'm assuming it's Eager. Uh, has been arrested and charged with first-degree arson. He was an Iraq war vet. Possible PTSD. Um, I looked it up. First-degree arson, basically, um, you want to use the fire to hurt people. Or there's a possibility of the fire hurting people. So, like, if you were to burn down an empty building and you knew it was empty... And the, the building's abandoned. There's no reasonable thought that, hey, there could be people in there. Uh, that's just basic arson. You know? You're know, you not trying to hurt people. You're burning property. That's different. Uh, first degree arson is actually, there is a possibility people could get hurt. You knew there was a possibility people could get hurt. Uh, but no people were actually hurt. Otherwise, it wouldn't be arson. It would be murder or Murder if they were killed or, you know, multitude of the other, you know, charges against assault, charges of assault, uh, just happen to be using fire to do it. It's considered class A felony. Uh, Basically, he tried to start a fire in the Spokane Democratic headquarters. Bomb threat. You know, uh, he had some kind of uh, accelerant and uh, fire and uh he did in fact light the fire Uh, luckily uh, everyone evacuated very quickly and the fire was put out as soon as the people were there so his reasoning was he wasn't actually targeting democrats or republicans uh he literally just looked up political locations headquarters near him and this one was the closest to him uh if I read the story right, the uh, Republican, the closest Republican headquarters was in Idaho, and he wasn't interested in making that trek. Uh, his attack was specifically to send a message to the ruling class. Uh, he believed in grass movement, uh, politics movements. He had no problem with those. Uh, he believed him. He supported them. Uh, but his problem was the ruling elite. He basically believed that the people in charge don't listen; they don't pay attention, and they're active. And not only that, they're actively ignoring and going against the will of the people, even though it's the people putting them in power. Um, so he was just, you know, man against the system, basically. And I think about it because it's hard not to sympathize with the thought process there. Uh, You have programs like Medicare for all, and regardless of what your political beliefs are, it polls well. Something like 70% of the country support it. Uh, The populists who voted for Trump, they kind of like it. Uh, Democrats obviously love it. Yet, even though it has broad bipartisan support, and you would think, seventy percent of the country is pretty damn, you know, big. Uh, you'd think this thing would have been gone ahead and run through forever ago, but it hasn't. It hasn't even come up. In fact, it's it's there's it's not in committee. It's not being brought up in committee. It's uh, it's never been brought up for a floor vote. It's never been brought up for debate. Occasionally, you'll have a congressperson or a senator uh, take to the floor and make a speech about it, but not because that's actually what the floor is about. The floor vote might be on the budget, but they're going to go up and talk about Medicare for all. Uh, And it's not just that program. It's also, uh, say, for example, background checks on gun purchases. Uh, A vast, vast majority of Americans are okay with a basic background check for certain weapons. Like uh, handguns, assault rifles—you know, things that were designed to kill a person. I'm not talking a hunting rifle. Okay, we're we're talking—you know—a pistol was designed to go after people. You're not taking a handgun to go after a bear or deer. That's just not. I mean, sure, you can find the one guy who does it. There's always the exception, but in general, if you were to say, "I'm going to go hunt deer," you're going to get a regular basic hunting rifle. You're not going to get an AK-47. You're not going to get an AR-15. Those those are weapons designed to kill humans, not animals. And let's be honest, if you used one of those weapons on an animal, it, it, you're definitely not getting a trophy out of it. And any meat you would hope to harvest from it would be completely unusable. Uh, it, it, you'd effectively just be admitting, I'm just going out to slaughter things and then leave the carcass cuz it's going to be completely unusable uh, for anything other than fodder for the for the other woodland creatures <laughs> you know but if you, if you ask your average person if you have a normal everyday discussion hey it's an AR15 it can mow down dozens of people in seconds and it doesn't just pierce the flesh it obliterates it Okay. The bodies will be unrecognizable after shooting them with this weapon. Do you think there should be hey, just a background check just to make sure this person doesn't have any like violent offenses in their past? And most people would agree. Most people would say, "Yeah, absolutely." And if you ask somebody, "Hey, should should a violent offender necessarily get a firearm of that magnitude right off the bat without a check most people would say no there should be a check now again we can get into the weeds on this you can you could ask somebody hey uh you know what if a person did something stupid when they were in their 20s but it's been 10 years they've been a reformed citizen since then now they want the gun you know and and there's wiggle room there and people will say yeah you know if this person served their time if they've demonstrated through a period of time that they're not violent and maybe they were young and stupid uh you know we all make mistakes kind of a deal i mean that's a great thing about this country people are okay People love second chances. We love second chances and third chances and fourth chances. We desperately want people to be able to pick themselves up and correct whatever it was that was uh, not working. Okay, we're into that. We love that. That's inherently something very American, uh, I believe. So, you know, you can get into the weeds on it. But in general, just a, just a very general, hey... This weapon is a weapon of war. Should anybody just be able to go get it within seconds? Most people are going to be like, no, there's maybe a small waiting period while the background check completes, you know, something like that, just to make sure the person's not violent or crazy, you know? Because honestly, the thing that always bugs me is the person who, like, needs the gun right now, (laughs) right? Like, you get somebody who's like, I need an AR-15. Okay, when? Now, um... Okay, <laughs> you know, just me, if I was a gun seller, I would be like, you know, maybe not. But the point is, there are plenty of programs, broad, broad bipartisan support, everybody supports it, everybody's okay with it, yet nothing happens. There's dozens of these Some of them are very small and just make sense that you're like, why? Everyone's okay with this. Why isn't this going ahead and getting passed? Why aren't our legislators legislating and just getting this stuff done? This seems like low-lying fruit. This is the easy stuff. Why are they having such a problem with it? Uh, So it's hard not to sympathize with the guy who's like, you know, this is ridiculous. We elect these people to do certain things and then they get in office and nothing happens. None of them do it. You know and it's it's kind of by design you know our system is designed very silly in a way uh you know the the voters in kentucky vote for mitch mcconnell but even the voters in kentucky don't vote for him to be the leader of the senate they don't they don't vote for him to decide what bills are even voted on in the senate what comes up you know we the people don't decide anything in the senate you know we we send individuals uh and the same thing happens in the house uh the the voters in san francisco have selected nancy pelosi to be their representative no one votes for her to be speaker of the house no one votes to give her the power to decide what bills come to the floor for a vote or who gets committee assignments we don't we don't vote for that and there's a disconnect between the people and how the system is run. And because of that inherent structure, you could have somebody like Nancy Pelosi or a Mitch McConnell just completely bring everything to a screeching halt just because they want to. And we didn't elect them. I mean, we the people didn't. The 49 states never cast a single vote for Mitch McConnell, yet this man holds all the power in the country. He, he, he decides everything. He he can bring the entire country to its knees. One guy, forty-nine states had no say in him. So I get the frustration. You know, it, it's the system that we have here in this country. It's built on trust and honor. And this has been especially true uh, during the Trump administration, where previously we we thought we had rules. <laughs> like uh like who can run certain agencies you know the rules say oh you have to be confirmed by the Senate well unfortunately uh, the Senate can just decide not to make a big stink about it and the president can just decide yeah I'm not going to submit anyone I'm just going to have acting you know CIA director FBI director attorney general indefinitely And then the senate can't do anything about it and the house can subpoena people and they can just say no that's it that's it that's done it's over (laughs) you know i mean a lot of people in 2018 elected a majority to the house for democrats because they they did they wanted somebody to go after Trump they wanted somebody to hold him accountable we didn't get that nobody got that oh well we impeached him eh did we really I mean honest God the the first major scandal that happened after the Democrats took power in the House was uh, we found out children were being separated from their families at the border and locked in cages and we had photos we had photos. A five-year-olds taking care of infants because the parents are gone. We had photos of kids behind uh, fences sleeping in tinfoil. And we got reports that they were eating microwave burritos that weren't microwaved. They were eating raw, frozen food. And that's still happening. That's still, still happening. It's down there right now. There were no hearings. There were no investigations. Not once did the did the Democrats go ahead and you know dedicate anything. Did they did they assign a special prosecutor to that? I mean, me, I was sitting there. I was like, yeah, you got him. Go for him. I mean, this is this is easy. Let's let's have the Republicans defend this. I mean, seriously, this is a crime against humanity. These are war crimes. If we found out this was happening in another country, we would be screaming. At the UN right now. Okay. If, if we found out Venezuela was doing this. What we're doing. We would have invaded. Months ago. Easy. It is easy. But the Democrats just let it happen. And that's outrageous. That's completely and totally outrageous. Even right now. Coronavirus. Hundreds of thousands of people dead. Hundreds of thousands of more going to die. Where are the hearings? You can tell me, oh, the Senate's not going to do anything anyway. Well, okay, fine. Where are the hearings? Uh, wh- wh- where's the House? Where's the daily drumbeat from the House? Where's the investigations? Oh, well, the White House won't send anyone down. Any- I-, I don't care. Do something. Even if it is performative art, why aren't you doing anything? What's wrong with you? I mean, me. this to me is the reason why I will, I mean, I've never been a fan of Nancy Pelosi anyway. I've always thought she was uh, extremely weak as a speaker. Uh, I still think she is, and this to me is unforgivable. She had a few other unforgivable moments in her past as well as a previous stint as a speaker. But this particular to me, I was like, why are you speaker? What is the point of having you in charge if you're not going to do anything? And that leaves you in the political wilderness. It's like, who do you vote for? You can't vote for the Republicans. They're in the tank for Trump. You can't vote for Democrats because they're not going to do anything about it. So what do you do? Not vote? Well, then you're the apathetic guy who just sits there in the corner screaming into the sky at at nothing. And you don't do anything. So it's, it's frustrating. And for me, Peter Yeager, this guy in Spokane, who... Committed an act of terrorism, but is only getting charged with first-degree arson. I see his side. I see his side of it. I wouldn't be surprised if the you know a, a savvy defense attorney uh, gets him off, takes him in front of a jury, makes that case. It's like, what are you going to do? We vote to send hundreds of people government. Hundreds. There are 435 House members and 100 Senators. 535 people. Individuals. But two of them control everything. Two of them are the only two that matter. And the vast, vast majority of us never cast a vote for any of them, either of them, ever, I've never voted for Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi has never been on any ballot I have been privy to. Mitch McConnell has not been on the ballot to anything. Yet no matter who I send to Congress, those two people control what my congressperson and my senator do. So yeah, I I get it. Um, You know, you're out there and this is this is that whole people versus the elites people versus the establishment this is what pisses people off it's like hey i voted for you guys to do this but because one person interprets the vote a certain way it it does bother you and it's it speaks to the culture that we have uh, here in america you know is that what we're at the point now where people genuinely believe, because it's been eroded over time, this trust in the system, but we, we believe that, that violence is the answer. Uh, we just had a bunch of Proud Boys marching in Washington who, you know, there were people being stabbed there. It, there are people, right or wrong, believe this election was stolen from them, and they are willing to commit violence to rectify it. What's that say? This, this didn't just happen here in 2020. This has been happening for a long time. In my lifetime, in my adult life, it's been happening since 2000. Right or wrong, a Supreme Court decided an election. The perception to the people on the left was this election was stolen. Stolen. And we've had a lot of stuff happen since then that has eroded trust in the system. And unfortunately, rather than the Republicans and the Democrats coming together and trying to show that no there isn't some conspiracy to overturn elections. This this isn't, you know, us the elites versus the system. That there's no attempt to change the perception, it, rather than try to come together and fix it. They use that division against us. They use it to gin up votes. Hey, if if we, I mean, how many times did I hear the Democrats uh, before this election had said, we can't just win, we have to win in a landslide. Why? In a normal functioning democracy, whoever gets more votes wins, even if it's just by one vote. How come if the republicans win by one vote it's okay but if the democrats win by one vote it's not okay we have to win with a with a landslide to prove that we're the victors why that's not how it should work but that's how a lot of people feel you know elections cannot be close because if they're close the other side will steal it and unfortunately because that's the perception and you have a person in office right now Assumes everybody does it because that's how they think. You know, you get somebody in office who, you know, sees the same things we do, and he just assumes, oh, well, all elections are stolen and rigged. So obviously when I lose, it was rigged against me. And I'm I'm very concerned that this is going to become the norm. In 2024, no matter who wins, the loser is all of a sudden gonna run to court and is gonna run in all these frivolous lawsuits. Is it true? Is it real? Yeah, Who knows? Maybe if the Supreme Court had ponied up and done something about it, we could have stopped this. But instead, now there's wiggle room. Now it's going to be the norm. Lose your election, take it to court. Every election is rigged. Every election you lose is stolen. If you won, it's because you cheated. And no one is fighting that narrative. I mean... Biden kind of came out and said something about it yesterday, but he's really not fighting. He should be wielding his full force as the leader of the Democratic Party and getting every single member of that party on the record. This is ridiculous. This is absurd. The election was not stolen. The American people voted. This is how it turned out. And one of my favorite arguments, of course... If the Democrats were smart enough to actually steal the election, do you really think they would have left it up to Georgia, whether or not they control the Senate? Uh, they would have kicked all these people the hell out. But no, they they really just wanted the presidency. I mean, it, it makes no sense, but we really need to fight this narrative. Uh, this This will destroy the country. You know, we got the wrong person in there right now, but I'm telling you, 2024 is going to be a big year. Because like I said, no matter who wins, the loser is going to take this shit to court. And a lot of the American people are going to believe it. This is how democracies fail. So that's what I mean when I talk about, you know, what kind of culture is it where we believe there is a ruling class, there is us, and the only way to fix it is with violence I mean because obviously if, if you give people avenues if you give people a way out most rational people will not choose violence if you give people a legal nonviolent way to get the end result they're looking for they're going to take it OK, everyone screams is like about the protests and the riots that happened over the summer. And it's like, yeah, what did you expect? No one's been listening. No one's been paying attention. This is the only way that gets people's attention. So, of course, they're out in the streets. You know, people look at the this is the problem with the right. They, they look at the riots and they immediately think of it as an overreaction. I'm sitting here like well, where have you been for the last 15, 20 years? You know, the riot is the end result of decades of someone not paying attention and not listening. And if you look at the riots and say, oh, they're overreacting or, oh, I can't believe they're rioting. You're one of those people who have not been paying attention for what's been going on for the last 30 plus years. So, yeah the violence is out there and this this guy you know just doesn't happen to have a political agenda right or left it just seems to be hey neither side's paying attention and our leadership really needs to start paying attention to head this off because again if you don't give people an outlet if you, if they don't feel like they're being heard they're going to find a way to be heard any parent can tell you this if you have a kid starving for attention Okay, fine. Good attention doesn't work. I'll act up. I'll break something. I'll punch my brother. You know, it. this is how they get attention. Oh, now you're paying attention. Okay. Well, guess what message you just sent as the parent? This is what gets attention. It's, it's, it's basic human instinct. So and to me the 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 crazy the crazy thing is like our leaders don't seem to know this or they know it and they don't care or they know it and they use it against us to push their own agenda. Anyway, uh, that's my two cents for today. Uh, stay safe. Uh, be safe if you're gonna have Christmas if not. You know, stay home, find something somewhere warm, snuggle up in, get something good to eat. Try out new foods. I just had cauliflower soup the other day. It was actually pretty good. I was shocked. I normally don't like cauliflower. but well, new things. So I'll see you guys next time. Um, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter how bad things are, just try to remember alcohol can always make it worse. Be safe.